This is the Horse Radio Network. If you're a woman, then you've likely had to tackle tight white breeches and tampons at the same time. We feel you, girl. This week, we have a special guest who is using dressage techniques to better her show jumping. And breaking news, we got merch. Thanks for tuning in. From Heels Down Magazine, a podcast where horse pros chat about what's happening in the horse world over drinks. Welcome Welcome to Happy 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 hour. Hour. I'm Justine Griffin. I'm Sally Spickard. And I'm Jessica Payne. Welcome to episode 30 of Heels Down Happy Hour. Hello. What's going on? guys. So it's kind of been warm here in South Carolina. I mean, I know, Justine, you're the same. But I've been craving in the afternoons a cold, cold beer. And I don't think we've ever really talked about beer on the show. We really haven't. It's very, like, underrated on our show. It's very valuable, though. And I love a good – and I've – kind of been obsessed with like craft beers and like beers from our area, South Carolina. Charleston has great beers, the Palmetto Brewery. My favorite is Hunger Street IPA. And I just was wondering what you guys' favorite beer was. Oh man. So I'm a huge IPA fan too. And where I live right now, it's like craft breweries are like exploding. Like we have eight within like a two mile radius from my house. Like we bike to all of them. Yeah. It's crazy. (laughs) It's just like, really going crazy here in Florida. But so one of my favorite Florida beers is from Orlando, actually, and it's called an Orange Blossom Pilsner. So it's a lighter beer. It's a Pilsner, but it has like not too overpowering of an orange taste, but it just like flows so perfectly with the beer. It's like very refreshing. It's a great horse show beer. So I have a question with the orange, though. You know how there's like those shanties that are like real fruity and stuff? Yeah, yeah. Is it like that? No, no. It? It's still okay. got a little bit of a kick. Like I'm okay. more of an IPA person or like a pale ale. Like I like a bitter okay. to a beer. Um, and it, this is not an IPA, so it's definitely not that, but no, it yeah. definitely has like a crisp beer taste and then just a little bit of sweet from the orange. And it's wonderful. Oh, I'm going to try good. that because I'm mm-hmm. not a fruity. Everybody, they've gotten these fruity beers and I, I can't do those though. So neither or sour, okay. sour beers are becoming a bigger deal here. And I, I can't do those. Oh, I don't think I could do that either. I was always more of like a wheat beer type of girl when I was drinking a lot more than I do now. Um, but I slowly was able, like I got a little bit more into like, at least like the pale ales and a little bit more hoppy, like the hoppier end, I guess. But so I kind of landed on the 805 beer from out here in San Diego. We have a lot of craft or small, smaller breweries here, um, which has been really cool because I grew up in St. Louis. So I grew up with like fresh Budweiser off the tap, which like it's there's nothing like it, honestly. Um, but I do love like a, experimenting a little bit more. So the 805 is like a blonde ale. So it's not quite as hoppy or I guess what you would say bitter for a traditional IPA, but it still gives you a little bit of that kick. So kind of I feel like we're all kind of on the same page with the beer. Yummy. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to hear what our listeners like to drink. I mean, yeah. we are happy hours, so you guys kind of <laughs> share the love. Are, yeah. What kind of your favorite beers? So it'd be interesting. Yeah. You'll have to let us know. Post in the uh, Facebook group, the Heels Down Happy Hour podcast lounge, if you aren't already a part. So as you guys know, this episode is very graciously brought to us by EcoGold, and we have a special kind of ad for EcoGold or a testimonial, I guess we'll call it, for EcoGold this week from one of our coworkers, Caitlin. So we will go ahead and roll that for you now. 
So I got stuck in the world's worst traffic jam a few days ago on my way to the barn to the point where when I got there, I thought, you know what? I don't think I even have time to ride. I just sat in my car for three hours and I have to turn around and go home. And then I thought, you know what? No, I'm going to get on this horse bareback for 10 minutes and I'm going to make it be the best 10 minutes of my life. (laughs) Then I realized, "Mm, I don't know if this greenish horse has ever even been ridden bareback. No time to text his owner. I'm just going to get on and hope for the best. So I pulled out his Eco Gold Cool Fit cross country pad, stuck it on, hopped on. It was amazing. The saddle pad did not budge an inch. I walk trotted, cantered, and the horse even threw a little buck the first time I asked him to canter because I think he was wondering why my legs were where they were. (laughs) It just stayed put. I didn't have to move it at all. It was so comfortable and it was actually really fun. I think I might even incorporate that into our regular training routine. So props to Eco Gold for making that 10 minute ride super awesome. So if you guys are interested in getting your own EcoGold pad, you can do so by checking out ecogold.ca. All right, guys. So it's time for news. Jess, why don't you start us off? Because you've got some interesting, uh, controversial news from WEG, right? <laughs> I do. So this pertains, we're going to just watch the World Equestrian Games at Tryon. Doug and I, they, um, we decided that since it's in Tryon, not too far from us, we were going to do the two weeks. So we have tickets. We bought the season pass for everything. So we can kind of stop in, watch a little oh, bit that's of everything. Be fun. I know. So, yeah. That's awesome. So I never really get to watch a lot of horse shows. So I'm excited yeah. about going to like, just be a spectator. And we got this email and the first one said, I mean, everybody knows I have a eight month old son. I can't believe he's eight months, but I was like, okay, so yes, they did say that we could bring our formula and everything else, but they were like clear bags, which I totally get because of that's how a lot of the game, you know, NFL games, PGA. Yeah. Most major sporting events. Yes. That they have to have it, but they went to a whole new extreme and we couldn't even bring water bottles and everything else. So I could you bring we, a, could you bring like a diaper bag or they were saying you, no, 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 nothing. Really? I have wow. Nothing. I couldn't bring a diaper bag. They were eliminating it to the small clear bag. So I was like, um, I didn't know it was like that. Wow. It was horrible. So I guess it was like this huge uproar. So now we just got emails just like a, literally three or four days ago, um, saying, I mean, maybe it's been like a week saying that they have updated their security policy and that now I'll kind of read through really quickly what you can bring you, which is still kind of weird. You can bring a water, one sealed water bottle per person, and you can bring a non-glass empty, like a Nalgene bottle so that okay. you can kind of bring stuff, but no coolers are still allowed. Snacks, they weren't going to let you allow any food or drinks. So now they're allowing one pint-sized snack bag so that you can bring. specific. Oh, it is. It's ridiculous. But I guess they want you to buy stuff while you're there. Yeah. And that's it. And so, like, I get that. I mean, I do get most of these because when you go to, you know, a baseball game or whatever else, you go buy their food. You go buy their beer. You go buy everything else. So. And so I got a lot of these. I'm just glad that they updated before they weren't going to let you bring in a water. And I was like, okay, I think that that's a little extreme. One water bottle is probably okay. So yeah. then now, now you can only bring one maximum camera lens between 70 and 300 millimeters, which they did, I think, 
uh, don't quote me, but I'm pretty sure this did increase before it was like, yeah, it was really, it was really small lenses. It was really, really small. And then lawn chairs are permitted for cross country and driving. So they did update saying that we can bring them for, you know, cross country day and everything. And then bags, they're now allowing camera bags, diaper bags, and strollers, which you have to go through a different security checkpoint in which that's totally good. But then you can bring bags that need to be clear like you would be a game. And so you can get them on like Amazon. I already ordered one because I was like, I'm sure I'm going to need it for like, you know, one of my family members or something. They were like $9.99, Amazon.com. So it's totally like reasonable. I got like the crossover. So I will bring like his diaper bag and then somebody else will probably end up bringing in that bag. So they have updated it, but it was the craziest uproar of like everybody freaking out on social media everywhere that they weren't going to WEG, that they weren't doing this. And I was like, okay, maybe that's a little extreme. But <laughs> now they're at least updating it that they will more specifically let you kind of bring certain things. Well, it's well, cool that good. they were able to like take into account some of the feedback that they were getting. And I mean, like, I get it. Like I get the the wanting to, so I, I do appreciate them wanting to support the vendors that are spending money probably to be there and yeah. hopefully to make money also. So that's good. But definitely like if you can't bring a, a, a refillable water bottle, I mean, using less plastic is always a good thing. So I'm glad that they were able to update it a little bit. Exactly. So <sighs> well, Speaking of, well, I, this is kind of like the other end of the spectrum, I guess, because I found a story from over in the UK where things just seem to be like way more fun sometimes. But there's a pub <laughs> where this guy was having people that were asking, like they wanted to ride their horses to, you know, get lunch or a drink or a tea or or whatever. And so he literally built a horse like parking lot. <laughs> it's called no. Pony Parking outside of his pub. And he built it so that the horses could have somewhere to be tied up. And this is the best part. They have, he also added a horse menu. So you can order, let's see, horse treats, fiber nuts, hay, and carrots. You can buy all that stuff for your horse and it can like chill in the pony parking while you drink your beer, which is like the best thing ever. Hysterical. (laughs) That is so funny. I can imagine my horse making a total scene though. Like right. Left yeah. Him, <laughs> like, Mine would be like nightmare. stomping and like pawing and, you know, not overall, just like not behaving very well. But the ponies in this picture look very content. So, I mean, it's possible. <laughs> That's cute. Oh, my goodness. All right. Bye, so, Justine. Uh, I've got a science one for you guys this week. So uh, the University of Arizona wrote a study, a recent study looking into the effects of lavender on horses. And um, they found that just a quick whiff of smelling lavender can lower a horse's heart rate and help keep them calm. Kind of interesting, huh? That's cool. Yeah. It doesn't surprise me, though, honestly. Like, that's kind of the same calming effect it has for humans. So, yeah, yeah. Lavender is very calming. I would agree with that for sure. Yeah, I love lavender for sure. But it's really interesting. So, like, my... I've used like essential oils before and even like Vicks vapor, you know, vapor rub on my horse's nose when he's like had a snotty nose and stuff. But I wonder if I got like a lavender scented one, if that would like also make him not fuck me off, you know, (laughs) (laughs) I think you should try it and then report back. Any chance to not get bucked off is one that you should probably take. (laughs) Yeah. Right. So, yeah, so actually this study was published in the Journal of Equine Veterinary Science, so it's pretty legit. So, 
I have some really exciting news. I'm really, really excited because Heels Down Happy Hour, we now have merchandise. Yay! I know. It's pretty cool. So we actually have t-shirts for you guys. I know you've seen some of our coasters that we had made specifically for Kentucky when we did our live show. And we put some of those slogans and some new super fun ones on actual like high quality, very soft, cool colored t-shirts that you can buy on our website. So if you love the show, we really, really, it would mean so much to us if you guys bought a t-shirt. They're $35 plus $3 shipping and they're ladies tees. So sorry guys, maybe you could buy a bigger size if you want one, but they're extra small to extra large. <laughs> and so we have three different styles available and we're doing this on like a pre-order basis because we're not going to offer the t-shirts all the time. So this is sort of like an exclusive thing. If Limited you, edition. If you want to go out in public and support Heels Down Happy Hour by wearing a cool t-shirt, please buy one. What's your favorite, Sally? Do you have one that you like the the most my favorite one is this one that says horse show debt is just a number because that is so true <laughs> totally i mean i think my favorite is still the yes all 52 thoroughbreds found homes yeah that one's a classic yeah see, see i love everyone war- gets that i feel like i need to wear at the worst as the warm-up ring expert <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one too oh my gosh <laughs> So if you guys haven't signed up for the brief yet, it's our weekday, every morning email newsletter. And there's always some fun, interesting, and bizarre news that we share every day. But this week, if you haven't signed up, you're missing it because there's a picture of my poor mom from like freaking 20 years ago wearing (laughs) all denim, like literally a jean shirt and jean shorts and like a really fancy, high quality (laughs) visor and her teased out big hair. (laughs) My poor mom. She still doesn't even know. I told her, like, you're the poster child for our 90s. Oh, you no. Didn't you didn't tell, tell her? No, she has no idea. One of my cousins, <laughs> I have a cousin who is also an equestrian, so she reads Heels Down Magazine, and she, like, commented on Facebook, like, oh, my God, it's Aunt Kathy. I'm like, I'm so sorry, Mom. <laughs> so, oh, my um, God, that's hilarious. I thought you had at least told her. No, yeah, let me Let her. us know what she says when she does find out. I will. But you guys have been sharing some super fun, like 90s flashback fun stuff in the brief this week. Like, do you guys remember when animal print was cool? Um, I know, Sally, you were more of like a neon color crazy. Yeah, it was all about the neon. (laughs) (laughs) I always tried to stay a little bit like, I mean, I went a little bit out of the realm, but not too crazy. I had to get it out of my system. Totally. One of my favorite memories from the 90s, though, is like growing up and especially in Florida where it's hot. I used to wear like little short, short, like Sophie's. You remember? Oh, Sophie's? yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. Like shorts. I would ride in those with full on leather chaps. Like I would just wear the Sophie. Nice. With the chaps. <laughs> and that was like my everyday riding get up. See, we would ride in the Sophies and then like go swim our ponies or whatever. Like it was so hot, but we did not. Jealous of all you people that got to swim your ponies. I never got to do that. Very jealous. Big lake. Yeah. (laughs) Or pond or whatever. It wasn't even a lake. It was a pond or stream. Oh my gosh. Whether you need a water solution for one horse in a stall, two in the backyard, or 40 in the pasture, the classic equine by Richie Line of Waters provides trouble-free, worry-free access to water on demand. Visit classicequinebyrichie.com for additional information. Richie, fresh water for life. 
All right, guys. So we have a really awesome special guest on the show today. We have Kama Godek, who is a hi, grand- guys. Hi, hi. Thanks so much for coming on. So Kama is a Grand Prix show jumper who spends time in Germany and also the U.S. And she competed for over a decade in Europe and just came back to the U.S. in 2012 and now helps some of the nation's top juniors get experience entering the clay, the medals, the jumper rings for the first time. And in 2016, she was the Zone 3 Pre-Day States team, was made up of three junior riders that Kama started in the jumper ring, and she brought them all the way to the high junior jumpers. So, uh, Kama, we're interested in talking to you about how you use dressage techniques as a show jumper, because I understand you just did a clinic with Laura Graves, right? Absolutely. I was so lucky that our riders won the clinic, actually. I started off my professional status as a flat rider for Katie and Henri Prudent oh, in wow. 1999. Wow, and awesome. I was hired to ride 10 horses a day. I flatted all of them. They would be off at shows. They'd bring them back. They'd you know be gone for two or three weeks, bring that set back. I'd have the next set ready and we'd kind of flip flop and and I'd flat the rest of them, um, sometimes some small jumps, but that flat work was so critical. So when we uh, had the opportunity to win the clinic, I was like, okay, this is great. My girls can have a real dressage lesson and uh, not just uh, through me. So we kind of went all out to make the video. So tell me, yeah, so what what did it take? Because I know Washington International Horse Show was like sort of the, they kind of like put this on, right? Where you could win a clinic with Laura? Right. So full disclosure, we were actually originally out for the golf cart, which I told Laura. (laughs) (laughs) Worked out okay. (laughs) Yeah. So one of the girls that had just uh, transferred to ride with me, she had come from a local barn and they always did this barn night. And her mom said, you know, what do you think about us doing barn night? And I'd always been there as a pre-rider and exhibitor. But for me, Washington was a special show because I remember going there as a kid and uh, not being able to ride there until I was an adult because I had been in Europe. And so we started looking at the different prizes. If you, I don't know, had the biggest group or something, I think that was what won the golf cart. And then I saw the other prize was the best video. You could win a clinic with Laura Grace. And I said, well, we don't have the biggest group because we're not really a up-down lesson barn that turns through a lot of people. But I think we could get more out of the Laura Graves Clinic because you can't just go out and get her time. It's you cannot buy someone's time. Yeah. So if we can get that clinic, let's you know let's do that. And uh, we put the video together. We had a few videos. You know, everyone has their phone out and gets good videos throughout the year. And we kind of put all of our videos, mishmash them together, and uh, we won. So we're really lucky. Oh my God, that's that's so cool. incredible! That's awesome. The hardest it's a fun way to do it too. Yeah, the hardest part was trying to get her calendar and my calendar to oh, line up. Oh God, I bet. <laughs> so, we, so we originally we wanted in October, and Washington said, "Well, which weekends?" I said, "Weekends. I can't do many weekends. I don't think Laura can do many weekends." And then I kind of like a Monday or a Tuesday because Monday the horses normally have off. And we'll flat or do like some gymnastics on Tuesday. So let's try to shoot for either Monday or Tuesday. And I said, we are not dressage riders. So let's do flat work for jumping riders. And they're mm-hmm. like, oh, that's a great idea. Let's put a spin on it. So that was kind of the way we marketed the clinic. 
Had you met awesome. Had you met Laura before then, or was that your first time? That was my first time, but I thought she was fantastic. So I had asked them about me calling her and I, it got so difficult to line up the dates. I thought, you know, I have her number. I can see where it is. I'll just call her or just tap her on the shoulder at a horse show and say, can I see your calendar? Let's kind of cut out three people in between that are trying to get both of our calendars together and we can just look, you know, each other. But then I emailed her the night before actually, just to say, you know, if, if you have time, I'd love to take you out to dinner and pick you up from the airport and stuff. And so uh, the first time we spoke was when I picked her up from the airport and then we had a quick dinner. <laughs> and it, it doesn't matter if you're a dressage rider, event, or show jumper. We all have the same th- thrills and spills in the industry about, you know, the trailering the horses and arriving at the hotel and not having the right reservations and stuff like that. <laughs> so we just had a good, you know, laugh over horsey life at dinner and she said I'm not even sure you know what I'm I didn't even know we were going to do this with jumper riders until like two weeks ago and I wasn't sure if you guys were going to have jumps in the ring or not and I said no no no, it's just going to be a sandbox don't worry (laughs) 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 I had originally thought that we would do two like people in the ring at one time like kind of a semi-private lesson but I started YouTubing her training other people. And I saw every time she was on YouTube training, it was one-on-one. And I know that's kind of a dressage thing where jumpers tend to take like the break in between and let the next person do the course and you go back to the first person. So I said, what do you think about doing 30 minutes each session? She said, oh yeah, I feel more comfortable doing that. So I gave her a little bio on all the riders and then I wrote up a bio. And before she taught each person, I would give her a couple sentences just reminding her about what we had talked about the night before with each rider. So she had a refresher and she knew what she was getting into for the next 30 minutes. Wow. So how did it go? It sounds awesome. It was, she was awesome. So like I said, I had been the flat rider for Katie and I was in Europe for years. And when I started my sales business, I actually was based out of barns that were more dressage and I would rent stalls and be the only jumper rider in a dressage barn. So there was no conflict with other trainers in the barn and that worked out really well. So I was always around dressage riders, but her delivery was so clear. And what I liked is we have so many different types of riders. I don't know if you had the chance to watch the video, but I think it's interesting for everyone to watch this video of of the training day. We had four amateurs, four juniors, and myself. And all the horses were a little different. And she had different approaches for everyone. One was not straight. One was, you know, not in front of the leg. And she just had a great way. Even we had the first person was on the lunge line. It was a girl that's a really dead beginner. And she was on one of my Grand Prix horses on the lunge line. And the girl's still learning her diagonals. Laura easily could have said, okay, you're on the wrong diagonal. Instead, she said, okay, Piper, how hard are you working on a scale of one to 10? And she said, eight. And she said, oh, I'm lazy. I only want to be working at a one. When I'm riding my horse at the trot, when I start off, I should be able to look at my phone. I shouldn't be out of breath. That's like your warm up. It should be easy. It just gets harder from there. You shouldn't be working that hard. The horse has to be the one working. And she said, don't kick every stride. Only ask him to trot. If he falls behind your leg, then ask him again, but don't ask every single time. Otherwise he's not getting the reward. 
And for me to hear that and watch this really beginner kid, but I could relate to that. You know, how hard are you working at the trot? Are you spurring your horse every stride or are you able to let the horse trot out of its own freedom? Everyone in the audience could understand what she was saying and could relate to that kid. Totally. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's wow. a sign of a good teacher when they can teach and explain so well that you can understand it and apply it to your level, even though she's teaching a beginner. Like, that's awesome. Right. And I thought that even if there were just dressage people, no, we weren't doing two tempi changes and stuff. But there was one guy that he did a couple of canter half passes and, and stuff. I mean, our horses are pretty well educated. But she, if you're a Grand Prix rider, uh, dressage rider, you still have to teach adult women that are doing first level or second level. And that's kind of the level our horses were at. Just because you're a Grand Prix rider doesn't mean you're only teaching Grand Prix movements. You're also teaching mm-hmm. lower levels. Um, so it was good for those people in the audience to see as well. And that's why I think the video is great for show jumpers or dressage people to watch. So Kama, what do you think is like, was your takeaway? Like, why is dressage important for jumpers? Well, I don't think it's a surprise, but, um, and maybe it's something that I've grown up with for so long. Horse has to be in front of your leg, that connection you need. It's funny because at a certain point, she said, the horse, horse needs to be like a magnet from it's hind leg into the bit. That energy has to be like a magnet. I always say the horse needs to be like a magnet to the jump, but we're saying the same exact thing, but applying it a little bit different. I want the horse like sucking me into the jump. The worst feeling is to be cantering towards a big oxer and the horse doesn't want to get to the other side. That energy has to be taking you to the other side. And that canter needs to be developed 20 strides before you get to the jump. And it's the same thing that she's saying. The horse has to have that energy from behind the magnet going up into the bit. Interesting. Really interesting wow. I like that analogy. Yeah, me too. Write that down. <laughs> <laughs> but I say that to my kids all the time. Do you have the canter you need to get to the other side of the jump? And that's in my feeling why the hunters can never jump as big as the Grand Prix jumpers do because they tend to ride with looser contact and the horses aren't truly taking you really to the other side of the jump. Mm-hmm. Makes so sense. is there something that you learned from that clinic that you are actively practicing now as a jumper rider? You know, I've always uh, struggled with the straightness. We all do. And that was the one thing she also said, she said, you know, the funny thing is it doesn't matter if you're an event rider or dressage rider or jumper we all struggle with the same issues. And I think um, when I tell my riders, you have to be straight, I really want straightness in the horse. And I always say, you should be able to shoot an arrow through the center of their ears out of the saddle. And the kids still think turning means using your inside rein and not turning the shoulder. It just helped emphasize those basics, basically. It's really sometimes, interesting. sometimes just hearing it from a little bit of a different perspective you know, oh, yeah. not the same thing Absolutely. is always so important too. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and she also said, you know, it's okay to make mistakes. And, and I say that as well in my lessons, if you guys get the exercise the first time, I'm not challenging you. I'm not expecting someone to get through uh, it today at home. 
we set down three poles. It was a three stride and a six stride line. The girls set the poles. I didn't even know. They just kind of plopped them down and I cantered over it. And I said, okay, we're going to do three and six and have turn in reverse, do the same thing. It doesn't come easy the first time. It was The three was a move up. The six was a weight. And if you do it the first time, it's too easy. Then you're not challenging yourself. And that's what she said was, you know, it's okay not to be perfect. It's not going to be perfect. Uh, the only way you're going to move forward with your riding is challenging, challenging the horse. Um, and then making sure you reward the horse when it, make sure the horse knows when it's doing a good job. Absolutely. That's awesome. that's so one cool. thing we should all remember is that it's okay to not be perfect. I love that. Absolutely. Cam, we, we got to get a link to the video for you so we can share that because it sounds like a, a really amazing learning opportunity. The video that we made or the video that Laura... I would like to see both. I want to see that tryout video or whatever whatever yeah. you want to call it, the contest well, it video. it's really funny because it was kind of thrills and spills. We actually, one of the videos that we included, it was a little girl getting lifted up by the horse when she was putting a halter on. And I had a <laughs> studio in LA offered to buy the rights and they paid me for the video. I made it with my phone. It was a 15 second video. That wow. is hysterical. Yeah. So <laughs> what do they want to use What do they want to use it for? The, they, you know, you see these like compilations on YouTube and stuff. Oh, they yeah. sell it for oh. like advertisements or something. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, but you know, the, the theme last year was around the world and we have a lot of international riders in our barn. So we just kind of did that. And then I said, you know, around the world, every kid in the basic riding school learns how to do that around the world where you put your legs yeah. over the horse. Yeah. <laughs> so we're like, well, we're going to make this, this around the world. And as the one girl that does the high junior jumpers was on her junior jumper doing around the world, the horse got spooked and she was backwards and like fell off the back of the horse. So that was like one of the clips <laughs> oh of the video of the girl that was clearly competent but was trying to do an around the world on a horse that was not a beginner horse <laughs> that's awesome yeah. that's awesome <laughs> well Kama, thanks so much for coming on the show this was awesome we so appreciate you taking the time absolutely anytime just let me know all right thank you i was oh, i was reading the some of the articles on heelsdownmag.com because sometimes i don't always get a chance to see it every single day but um, one of our writers caitlin wrote this article about riding on her period and I was just kind of like dying out of sympathy for this poor girl because I feel like she's had a lot of very awful experiences with her They're period. Traumatic. And, right? They're traumatic <laughs> experiences. I don't know how like, she's functioning right now. <laughs> I mean, oh, man. I don't even know. Did you read the article, Justine? I did. I, I actually edited it too. So I was, I was really proud of her to write this because I feel like it's something, all right, one, if you're a woman and you're around horses and let's be real, most of us are women who are around horses. This is just something you have to deal with once a month. So Caitlin, you know, raised her hand and said she was brave enough to write about it. And I'm really glad she did because she's had some like legit real life period while riding experiences. Yeah. Yeah. So, if you haven't read her story, it's on heelsdownmag.com. We pus- published it this week. But she she talks about several mortifying incidents of just being a woman and and being on your period and what, you know, like how terrible it can be. The, the first story she wrote about I thought was like very relatable, like being a young girl 
getting your period, like your first period, and then it happening, like it just being a disaster that it's happening at a horse show. Like, could you imagine? I would have been like totally embarrassed, freaking out. No, I wouldn't know yeah. what to do. I would have freaked. Yeah, yeah, totally. Me too. I would have just been like shoving a lot of toilet paper up there and hoping for the best. <laughs> So I, I didn't wear a tampon until I was like 20 years old. Too. What? I was, a, I was afraid really? of tampons. Yeah. So See, it took I a long mean, time. Tampons are pretty scary. So. I, I was a swimmer. So like when I like, <laughs> oh. came like in the summertime, so it wasn't about a horse show. It was, I had a swim meet. Yeah. And that's tough too. Like I had to figure it out like right away, like welcome to life. And I was like, oh gosh, oh my gosh. So it was pretty terrifying. But so Caitlin goes on to share other experiences. Uh, like one of them was when she was 14 and she saved up all this money to buy a beautiful brown dressage saddle. And then she got her period in the middle of a trail ride and it stained her saddle. Oh my God. Could you Which imagine? I, no. Oh no. no. I mean, I, I know somebody I, that that happened to actually when I was younger and I like, I'm trying to think, I'm pretty sure she's never really like, ever I don't think she ever really like acknowledged that that's what happened I mean because she was probably really embarrassed I'm sure it happens more often than you think too you know yeah. like yeah I, I mean I I don't personally like luck I guess I'm lucky I don't really have to deal with too many like problems I, I've never had any of this stuff happen to me so I guess I'm definitely lucky but I, I always have the worst like I get really bad PMS symptoms um I'm on that implant that's in your arm the next plan on and so it kind of has made my PMS, like my cramps and every, like my bloating, it kind of just all happens over basically for half of the month. So it's really not all that fun. So I always had problems like fitting into my freaking breeches if I happen to be on my period during a show, because I only got the yeah. one pair of whites. So. Yep. I've been there. And I just, I mean, being at a horse show and trying to stay clean, I feel like is stressful enough. And then when you've got to <laughs> add in, like yeah. trying to get dressed and change your tampon in a porta potty and keep your white breeches clean, like, oh my God. Yeah, like, good luck. It, it is a nightmare. So it's like it just, perks of being a woman. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's it definitely sucks. Do you guys have like a specific memory or instance that you can remember it being like particularly terrible? I remember I was in Florida and I wasn't showing. I was working for my trainer at the time and we had gone to Ocala for the winter and I started my period at a show that I was grooming. I think she had like three or four horses and it was just me, which is fine, but I was super inexperienced. So I was not like efficient. And so it was kind of stressful as it was because it, we just weren't super prepared, honestly. And so I started my period like in the middle of it, like trying to braid horses. Like for some reason, I left all my braiding to the day of. And I, I don't know, I was probably the worst groom ever in hindsight. But I'm just like sitting there running in between horses. I don't have like, because I didn't expect to start. So I didn't have any tampons. I don't generally carry them with me. So I'm just like, it was just like hot. Like, you know how Florida gets like hot and muggy. And like, it was just I felt like I was wearing shorts and I was just like waiting for something ridiculously embarrassing to happen. So it was just like more one of those, like you just feel like, you I don't want to say gross because it's, yeah, I don't yeah. want to say that it is gross to have a period, but it's just, you feel gross. Like, and Absolutely. it's just not comfortable for anybody. And it makes you're self-conscious in any scenario. Like that is totally yeah. normal. Yeah. You know? Like I'm so, awkward enough as it is. Like, I don't need that compounding it. <laughs> you know, it's sad. I remember when I had to buy new show breeches, I don't know, maybe like two years ago, like I was in the market for new tailored sportsmen's. I specifically bought three at the same time because I always <laughs> go to a show with three pairs of breeches for this reason. Like God forbid the worst possible scenario happens. And I bleed through yeah. a pair of tailored sportsmen's. I have extras. 
for the yeah. two sh- for the two show day. You know, is that terrible that we have to think yeah. that way? That's an expensive backup plan too. <laughs> I'm at, like I run to the bathroom. I'm like I gotta go check, make sure I'm not like you know. Yeah. Or, you mm-hmm. know, like it's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. So always just- be glad. Don't you know? Uh, Aaron Barber, you're lucky. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Thanks, Aaron. (laughs) Do you guys want to share your own stories if you're brave or, you know, you want any sort of camaraderie? We've all been there. A lot of people are commenting on our on our Facebook page. So if you go to Hillsdown Magazine Facebook, I mean, some of these comments on the Facebook page, like this one lady talks about going to a horse show, how she brings extra underwear, breeches, a box of tampons, a couple of Snickers bar, and then sometimes she might add regimate to her coffee. Ha ha. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I do always have tampons in the big trunk. Oh, so sure. if everybody ever needs one at a horse show, just come ask like someone in my group. They will, there is plenty of tampons there. Oh yeah. I keep mine in extra, like all, all that with my like bobby pins and my hair nets, you know, like That's just in idea. case. I just yeah. Stick in the, yeah, it's in like the drawer, like one of the big drawers. Like, I mean, you can see it. It's like sunscreen bag, and then you've got like the tampons next to it. Yeah, so totally. So I know, help yourself. Another commenter said that she wears Nick's underwear. Mm-hmm. So, like, like you, Sally. I remember when you suggested mm-hmm. Nick. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. she always, she'll wear Nick's underwear, use a super plus tampon, and then still wear a thin super plus pad. Oh that my is gosh. her, like, she's got to have, like, the triple whammy there. They're like, that is terrible. And that sounds like a lot, man. I mean, I guess it's better to be safe than sorry, but wow. So. Yeah. So, for the ladies out there, we feel you. We've been there. Keep riding. All in it together. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh. All right. So, it's time for Rosenthorn. You guys need a minute, or do you know? I'm good. I'm ready to go. All right. Why don't you go, go first? Go for then? it. Okay. So my thorn was we had to, we're on our way up to Kentucky this week and it did take us a couple extra hours. So it is, our thorn is trying to figure out how to travel best with a toddler or oh, however old he would be, what we would call it, but an eight month old because he is great to travel. He is awesome. But if anybody has any suggestions on what to do in the car for long car rides, I'm all up for it. So we had to make multiple, like, just kind of pit stops along the way. And it took us quite a bit longer. But we're still still here. all still well. But that was, I guess, my thorn of the week is it was just a long trip. So that kind of was not fun. But Ugh. my, yeah. So if anybody's got some tricks, like, we've tried a lot but I'm always up to here whatever and then my rose would be um we have had good weather up in North Carolina lately so our project is like really rolling and so we might actually be moving on the farm again because we kind of halted because of all the rain and everything that they couldn't finish the foundation so we have the material for the timber frame getting delivered this week so it is and they're bringing in like 30 crew members like finish it off so that we can get in there quickly so fingers crossed that 
it keeps moving because that's you my. You guys rose. need to have like the most epic housewarming party. Oh, I know after that's all the time do. that it's taken for you guys, you poor things. Like, I know after like one thing after done. the next, I'm like, we're gonna have a big, big, huge <clears throat> party. Yeah, like I'm gonna come into town just to go to the yeah. housewarming party because it's gonna be that much. big of a deal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I want to come. I'm gonna finally move in. It's gonna be exciting. Oh, Sally, we gotta God. plan a road trip from opposite ends of the country. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, I'm probably gonna <laughs> at least fly for part yeah. of that. And that's a trip. great thing. In Raleigh, it's so easy to fly in and out of that airport. It's awesome. That's true. It's a good one. Hmm. Justine, what is yours? All right, so I'm not really sure if this story is a rose or a thorn, but I'm just going to tell you because it was funny. So I have, when we were in Kentucky in April, when Oliver Townen was on the cover, we had these great little postcards <clears throat> made that showed, you know, the cover of the magazine with Oliver on it. And for whatever reason, I've just had like a lingering outlier one that's just been floating around my bedroom since Kentucky. Like it just was on my dresser for forever. And somehow <laughs> it ended up in my underwear drawer and it's just been there since April. And so <laughs> Oliver Town is in your underwear. Yeah. Yeah. So and Alex, Alex and I have talked about, you know, equestrians, like he's takes an interest sometimes. So he actually knew her, who Oliver Townen was because I was rooting for him and in Kentucky. I wanted him to win. But anyway, so Alex does all, my husband does all the laundry. I never do laundry ever. It's wonderful. He's a wonderful man. I'm very lucky. Wow. Oh, can you so, go to my house? I do all is, of our that laundry. That is your rose right there. I yeah. Out. Let's rose. just stop there and just make okay. that your rose. <laughs> it gets better. So anyway, so Alex was putting the clean laundry away. And found the postcard. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> my underwear drawer, and knew that I liked him as you know, like I liked him as a rider, you know. And so Alex, I came home the other day, and he just had it sitting on the dresser, and he was like, "I found this in your underwear drawer. Is there a reason why you keep it there?" And I was like, <laughs> uh, "I think it just happened to end up there. I don't really have a good explanation." <laughs> You didn't even have a good excuse for him. Like that's terrible. I didn't know what to say. I'm like, it just happened to be there. I don't know. He's just, he's you know, like, I he's feel like Oliver would love to hear this story too. Like he's the type of guy that would totally get a kick. Oh, out he of would. That. He would love that story. Love that. <laughs> I'm story. gonna have to send him this episode, you guys. Yes. Okay. All right. So that's my story. I don't know if it's my rose or my rose is that Alex does all my laundry, all my stinky. Laundry, horse laundry. He does Mikey's laundry too. I'm very lucky. What? But Probably gonna have you tell you to have all over town and do your laundry he now. Cook too? <laughs> oh yeah, he cooks too. Like when we when we tape this show, insider tip behind the scenes, guys. Uh, my husband sometimes comes and delivers a plate of food to me so I can eat while we're <laughs> taping this. He's wonderful. He's the best husband. I would hesitate to say I would trade him for Oliver Townen. <laughs> Was a long oh pause. my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> so there, it's my um, rose and thorn all rolled into one. <laughs> that's like the best one I think I've I've ever heard. This pretty is, that's pretty amazing. Like I, I was like, oh, mine's just basic now compared right. to others. I've been saving that right. one up. When it happened, I was like, oh god, this is going on the podcast. That is all right. the best <laughs> thing I've ever heard. I love that. And Sally, just, let, let's hear uh, you beat that one. I'm not going to beat it. Mine's like super depressing. Like I spent all my day like in bed yesterday being sad because Kyle left yesterday. So he's gone Aww. until um, Thanksgiving. I'm not going to talk about it because I'm probably going to start crying. Um, okay. So my thorn is that. And um, sorry. That's okay. Really we love you. We love you. That's hard. He's deployed so sad. How long till Thanksgiving? It's not even that long. It's like <clears throat> two months and it's not like a full deployment or anything. It's just like. 
I don't know. Like, it's just hard. It's just like, I, I take like okay. one or two days and I'm just like super depressed. And I'm like, okay, I'm fine. Like, it's really not, you know, it could be so much, so much worse, but <clears throat> it's just like kind of depressing for the first couple of days. Sorry, I did not expect to start crying. <laughs> we love you, Sally. Oh, we love you. Good thing we talked about periods today. That must be, exactly. <laughs> must be that kind of episode. Um, but anyway, so my rose, I guess, would be that um, while he's gone, one of my really good friends is, um, it's actually funny because we talked about this on our last episode. We talked about having friends of different age groups. So one of my friends who happens to be like quite a bit younger than me, but she's one of my oldest horse friends is actually staying with me while Kyle's gone because she wanted to move back out here to California. Um, she spent last summer as a working student and um, wanted to come back out and kind of give it a try. So she's staying with me for a couple months while he's gone. So it's like totally oh, fine. Perfect. I have company. Yeah. And she's like one of my really best friends. So it's like working out perfectly. It's just I'm just allowing myself to be sad for like a day or two and then I'll be fine. And then your friend comes. Yeah, well, exactly. It's totally okay to be sad. It's normal. Yeah. Yeah. I just feel like you know, there's so many people that have like, and not to take away anything that Kyle's doing, because obviously, you know, any service that he's doing for the country is amazing. But I'm just I feel bad because there's so many women or, or spouses out there that can't even talk to their significant others because they're, they're out, you know, it's there's so many different levels of it. I mean, I, I totally get it. I appreciate it. I just I don't want to like take away from somebody that, you know, has much more of a struggle. So oh, well, we love you. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Love you, too. All right, so we do have a mailbag from Catherine. It's a long one, so hang on while I read it to you guys. <laughs> so Catherine just graduated from college, and she's starting dental school in the fall. Good for you, Catherine. And riding has been a huge part of her life for the past 20, 21 years until now. So long story short, her parents said a big no to riding in dental school, but after realizing how amazing the mare was that she was leasing, Catherine and her family decided they were going to buy her. Unfortunately, they decided too late, and now that mare has a new lease situation. So for the next year of her life, she's having she's get, having some anxiety. Like, she's starting to get kind of freaked out about not being able to ride and only having to focus on school. So Catherine wants to know, have any of us ever stopped riding completely for a period of time? Uh, uh, she was competing at uh, the preliminary one-star level in eventing very successfully with this mare and was looking to move up. And she's feeling some anxiety about leaving her barn family. Um, and she really had a connection to this specific horse. She said it was the best horse she's had ever, ever ridden. So this is going to be really hard for her. So she's got a lot of questions. She's also worried about losing her fitness, you know, from not being, from just quitting riding cold turkey, essentially. And she does have aspirations to ride at the top level. So what advice can you guys offer her? Obviously, she feels pretty sad, anxious, a lot of feelings about all of a sudden not being riding, not, not being able to ride. Yeah, it's totally understandable. You know, obviously, I'm kind of in the midst of a break right now, you know, for my own reasons. But I think that it's important to find things like, you know, if you do plan to return to it, you know, go to the gym or, or if you're not a gym person, you know, find some sort of activity that helps keep those muscles kind of, you know, intact. Like I spend a lot of time working on, you know, my core and my leg muscles so that when I do go back to it, you know, I'm not a complete like sack of potatoes. So that's one thing that kind of keeps me going personally. But, you know, the other thing too, is that, you know, it's like, I feel like, you know, taking a break or stepping back, it's, it doesn't have to be like the end all be all, but it's a struggle because it sounds like, you know, for this girl writing kind of defines her and that's kind of who she is. And so when you kind of have to let go of that, it's, it's an adjustment for sure, but it's definitely like you can find ways to still maintain your fitness and, 
um, you know, be involved with it, you know, go to some barns and see if they need help with, you know, anything around the barn, some catch writing that you could probably do. You know, if you're competing at the prelim level, like you're, you're a good writer. So, you know, like that, don't sell yourself too short on those skills and being able to use them too. Absolutely. So I, I mean, I feel like it's natural to go through this kind of progression. Like we can't always be writing all of the time. And yeah. when I was, when I was in college, I sold my junior horse and I brought him with me to college and it was extremely hard to manage him and his bills and be, you know, be successful in, in college. It was just way oh, too yeah. hard. And to like, just be a call, like be a student too, and give myself a break occasionally. So I sold him and it was really hard and I, I got lucky, went to a good family, but it was honestly the best thing I could have done for him, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, for me, it gave me the freedom to like ride when I could find some riding, you know, and then in my career, I'm a newspaper journalist, so I make no money. So I was very poor for many <laughs> years out of college. And I think I've talked to you guys about this on the podcast before. I just would like answer weird Craigslist ads and like ride Craigslist horses and thank God I'm still alive. I don't know if I recommend <laughs> that to anybody to go and do it, but it did lead to some really good opportunities. It led to some scary opportunities, but it um, the good ones definitely outweighed the bad and it, and I got to ride and I relied on friends to catch ride when I could, uh, especially when I knew it was having like a bad week, I'd reach out and be like, Hey, can I just come take a lesson? I just need to, I need to do something to get my brain back to where it needs to be because horses are, you know, they were my therapy. And so it was hard, mm-hmm. but so I went probably five years without my own horse where I wasn't really competing consistently. I was just kind of writing stuff where I could and occasionally would show, you know, show a a horse in the hunters for a friend who was trying to sell something. Um, So it's not like you're leaving horses completely. Like I, Catherine, I would tell you that there's, it's in your blood. You're never going to, it's never going to not be a part of your life. You will find a way to keep it part of your life. So, but school is important. Get through dental school then you could be absolutely a superstar mm-hmm. dentist who's making a ton of money and you could buy whatever horse you want. So just think about the long, you know, your long end game here is my advice. Yeah, it'll, that will definitely pay off in the long run for sure. And this will just kind of be a chapter. Jess, you got anything to add? I think you guys have summed it up. I mean, I think just like you said, stick with school. It will pay out in the end and use your barn family. Use it to your advantage at times when you need to like go pet the horses, you know, like you said, take lessons on them. You've got a great barn family. They're not going anywhere and I'm sure they love you dearly. So stick with school and then horses will always be there when you're wanting to come back and when you're able to. Absolutely. So if you guys have a question for us that you want us to answer on the show, you can email us at hello at heelsdownmedia.com, or you're always welcome to post in our Facebook group. It's the Heels Down Happy Hour Podcast Lounge on Facebook. So if you guys want to hear more from us, please check out Heels Down Magazine. It's an interactive digital magazine on your phone. You can subscribe and download it on iTunes or Google Play. And did you know you can get the Horse Radio Network app on your iPhone or Android phone, search for the Horse Radio Network in the App Store. It's free and super easy to use. So thank you to our sponsors, Eagle Gold, Classic Equine by Retchy, and SmartPack. And visit our website, which is heelsdownmag.com, where you could read the period story and you can subscribe to the brief. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, this was a good one, I felt like. It yeah, was it was good hanging out with you guys. Absolutely. And we thank Kama for coming on. So excited for everybody to leave stuff in the Facebook group. Absolutely. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.